fucking jet like jet. And we don't bend him in that like that. They were like, Pop, why you all like that? Why you tall like that? Why you all like that? I'm off at Eddie, I'm up. I don't got no time to relax. Time to relax. I turn it two to a four, then I turn it five to a stack. Five to a stack. I was just down in the bottom, talking them back in the back. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back, welcome back. You know what time it is. That's right, another edition of the one and only Fan in the Van podcast time. I know, shocking, I worked, I didn't work this past Saturday, and yet I've managed to uh, be able to get one out Monday morning. Um, I don't know, what can I say? I'm good at what I got to get done with in the morning, and uh Things went a little bit faster than they normally do. So, with that being said, obviously we got to get into the um, the big news of the weekend. Obviously, besides having the Pro Bowl games, which I'll also get into. But, um, Cliff Kingsbury was going to sign with the Raiders and said, Fuck this, I'm going to Washington. You can't make this up. And Khalid Williams now on Instagram, congrats my dog. So, you know what this means, right? Bienemy is out in Washington. And at this point, I don't think Eric Bienemy's ever getting a head coaching position unless it's like in the UFL somewhere. And that sucks because I think the guy is well more than deserving of it. Um, I just don't think that people like his his stature in a way, which is to me kind of the same reason why Belichick didn't get a, a coaching position this hiring cycle. But with Kingsbury now going to Washington, a lot of people think that the commanders are going to take that leap and trade up with the Bears to get Khalid Williams. And I don't know if you do that either. Because there's a lot of negative on Khalid Williams that he's not a, a guy who's going to turn your franchise around and whoever drafts him is going to regret it in two years. Now, those reports could be right and they could be wrong. Yet again, there have been a lot of reports on a lot of guys coming out, even co- combine reports, scouting reports, you know, stupid little friggin' tests that they make you take. And those have been wrong. Khalid Williams could turn around and prove us all wrong and be the guy in year one that does, in essence, what C.J. Stroud did this past year for Houston. But we don't know till they step foot on the field. So, therefore, if Washington does that, you're in essence telling Sam Howell, you're not part of the plan. And this is what happens when you have new ownership that comes in and takes over. They're going to gut everything out. It's going to be a bargain basement type sale. You know, everything must go out with the old, in with the new. And if that's the case, I mean, that sucks to Sam Howell. But, I mean, it kind of, you know, if this is what the new commander regime wants this is what they're going to get and a lot of people feel that even after this draft and whatever they do in free agency and bringing Dan Quinn in bringing Kingsbury in that they're already a playoff contending team listen guys got to pump the brakes on that a little bit because he's they're not necessarily a playoff team yet because you don't know what's going to transpire on the field and what weapons are going to be there. And now that we've seen Dan Quinn as a head coach already, so we kind of already know what we're getting, but you could also turn around on the other side of the spectrum and say, well, look what he did with Dallas's defense. Yeah, that's great, but also look at what where Dallas is. They're watching the 49ers in the Super Bowl as opposed to playing in it. So, 
you know, you could argue one with the other and still be wrong at the end of the day. Now, obviously, we had the Pro Bowl games. A lot of people, oh, nobody watches the Pro Bowl games. Nobody watches it. Da, 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 they should just do away with it, right? Well, actually, I didn't watch all the Pro Bowl. Like, I didn't watch the Thursday night, the Thursday stuff. Um, I did watch the game itself yesterday. And I got to say, I actually like the way they do this. It was actually pretty entertaining. And it always gives you that what if. Like, what if Jalen Hurts was actually the Cowboy quarterback throwing touchdown passes to C.D. Lamb? You know, like, and it's also like, where was this Keenan Allen in the regular season? You know, I granted, yes, it's flag football. I understand it. But it's like, then you get the controversial comments as people want to dub Jamar Chase's comments to C.J. Stroud. Yeah, why don't you come over here? You know you want to play with me. Which is leading a lot of Bengals fans, from what I've seen, to turn on Joe Cool. Joe Burrow, Joey Bag of Monies, whatever the fuck you want to call him. Um, I don't think that's the case. I think, you know, Jamar just having fun, just said what Jamar wanted to say. And I see no ill will of it. It's not the end of the world. I mean, you may want somebody to play with you. And then... You think the grass is going to be greener on the other side. It's just a matter of how you water it. So, therefore, yeah, you want to know something, Jim? I got to tell you something. You're absolutely right with that. You know, the grass ain't always green on the other side. Because my grass is nice and green and my neighbor's is fucking crabgrass brown. You know, I just want to throw a bomb over there and just deplete it. <laughs> you, you know, Whitey, you always know when to, like, you know, in a serious moment, you kind of know when to come in and just kind of make a joke at things. You, that's what I do, Bob. You know, you just got to understand, you know, that's just how I work. Oh, you trust me. I know how you work, you fucking, oh, I know how you work. But, you know, there are a lot of other interesting things that came out to Whitey during the weekend. And one of them is, um, you know, former Steeler, former Jet, former Raven, former Chief, former practically every team in the NFL at this point, uh, a no-hit wonder rapper and Le'Veon Bell has said that he wants to make a comeback at 31 and that he's in the best shape he's ever been in. And I'll be honest, of course, of course you're in the best shape you've ever been in. You haven't gotten hit by a lineman in how many years now? Of course you're going to be in the greatest shape of your life. But are you in football shape is the question. And the fact that he does want to come back to Pittsburgh, and, and I'll be honest, Whitey, and I, I don't know if you, you'll agree with this or not. Yeah, we know, Jim, I always agree with whatever you say. You can tell me the earth's flat and I'm going to agree with it. Well, we know the Earth's round, but you know, to the you know, to the people that think the, the that the Earth is flat, keep walking and try to figure that one out. Uh, but I'm with it. I'm with Le'Veon coming back if the Steelers are willing to do it. But here's here's what's got to come with it. You cannot expect a multi million dollar deal here. You cannot expect multi year here. You. You, in essence, have to come in and take a veteran minimum. Yeah, well, you know, you're right. You know, the guy hasn't played in how long now. You're going to have to earn that bag again, Le'Veon. And uh, you're also going to have to stop smoking the devil's grass as well, because I know you like to do that. And, uh, you know, there's some people that should be rapping. You're one that shouldn't be, that's for sure. 
I, I, I wouldn't know. Because you know what, Whitey? I haven't listened to a single fucking song that Le'Veon's ever done. I unfortunately had to hear that Antonio Brown making money song. And that was about two minutes and 30 seconds of my life that I never got back. Yeah, what was up with that piece of shit? I mean, all he had was silicone, you know, wish.com porn stars in there just getting fucking play money thrown at them, you know, while he owed everybody else money. Uh, well, yeah, well, you know, listen, we've been down that road, Whitey, so, you know, we're not going to really get into that. But there's a lot of people out there that I've seen that are for this stuff. And the other part of this with Le'Veon coming back is this as well. He has to accept the role. And the role is he's not running back one or two. He, in essence, is going to be Snell or McFarlane. And which you can use Bell. If, if, if Arthur Smith is this offensive guy that 2020 numbers in Tennessee shown, and everybody's advocating that we're bringing a, a knife to a gunfight with Arthur Smith and we'll win. And that with Arthur Smith, this is going to be the most lethal offense the Steelers have ever had. Le'Veon Bell could flourish in this system. If you use him as running back three. If you use him as a fullback. If you use him as a running back out of the backfield to catch passes. Because he's been known to do that. But the thing I'm afraid of most is what if he comes back? Actually, there's two things you could be afraid of here. If he comes back, and the biggest one being if he fails, because then it's like, okay, they did this, they took the chance, it didn't work, and that would be like the Rooney standpoint, Tomlin standpoint, okay, you know, this didn't work, it is what it is, but from the fan base You'll have the smart ones that'll think the same way. Hey, we wanted this. This is what came out of it. It didn't work. You know, but we're still in the playoffs, let's hypothetically say, or even hypothetically say we won the AFC North, right, Whitey? Yeah, absolutely. Hypothetical. So, (laughs) that's one thing you could be afraid of. Two, the other thing that you could be afraid of, and it's a positive but it hurts two guys at the same time, is that he overachieves. And he outshines Najee and Warren. So he already had that this year with with Jalen Warren starting to outshine Najee. But then Najee turned it up towards the end, in which I think they'll pick up the fifth-year option. Oh, you gotta. You gotta pick up that fifth-year option, Jim. There's just no other way around it. Najee is gonna be a beast in this league. We've been saying it. Been saying it again. Been saying it. Well, that's, that's the same thing. You know, with Alex Highsmith, that a lot of people are like, oh, who's this kid? You know, and, and now look at Highsmith. You know, he, in essence, replaced Bud Dupree while Bud Dupree was there. But if he overachieves and outshines Najee and Jalen Warren, it's a good thing and a bad thing. And the good thing is, okay, because now not only do you have two phenomenal running backs, you now have three that you could go to. So you have earth, wind, and fire all over again like the Giants had with Jacobs, Ahmad Bradshaw, and uh, and 
I guess Tiki Barber was the third one. I don't know, because cause, cause somewhere in there, there's another guy, and I forget who it is. I'll just say fucking Tiki Barber. If I'm wrong, people, you can comment in the comment section. Listen, I, that, that was long ago. We're in 2024 now, and I'm old as dirt. Uh, but, no, you're not, Jim. You look good for 42. I got to tell you that. I'd call you if you were buying cigars from me. <laughs> Whitey, I don't think I've been carded for cigars since I'm like 17 years old. And I've never been carded for alcohol since I'm like 16. You, you do realize that, you know. I, 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 you know, back in the day, I, you know, I don't, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I know, Jim. I know you were the man. I know you were the fucking man. You're still the man. You'll always be the man. You're like Ric Flair to be the man. You got to beat the man. Woo! <laughs> All right, Whitey. Did, did you get your morning medicine in or are you like kind of, yeah, well, you know, I'm, you know, I'm doing all right for now, you know, I'm just doing little ones here and there, you know, because uh, Eleanor got mad because, you know, let, you know, this past Sunday, she asked me to get bagels, and uh, I thought it was salt on top of us, I accidentally dropped a gram in the bag. Oh, <laughs> so Eleanor was fucked up, oh, she was seeing owls, that's for sure, well, to, to get back to the Le'Veon thing and not talk about your abuse of, uh, yeah, yo, all right? Um, but the thing that will be asked is, why didn't the Steelers pay him then? You know there's going to be a Steeler fan out there who asks, why didn't we give him the bag then? That's going to be the ultimate question if he were to come back. See, see now all this is based on if and, and hypothetical and could it happen, will it happen, but if it happens, and he does outshine Najee and Jalen Warren, that question will be asked. Why didn't they pay him instead of letting him walk away? And I don't think it's a matter of them letting him walk away. I think it was just a matter of, you know, they couldn't agree. They couldn't meet in the middle. Both sides were stubborn. And I think enough time has passed where you, in essence, can... You could forgive, not forget, but you can forgive both parties because we we have to realize this in the Le'Veon situation. Both parties aren't innocent and neither's the victim. Le'Veon wanted what he felt he was worth. Pittsburgh was willing to pay him what they thought he was worth. And for a guy drafted in the second round, for Le'Veon to do what Le'Veon did... To me, how do you not meet in the middle of, with both sides? Because we saw what happened when he went to the Jets. Jets fans saw what happened when he went to the Jets. Jets fans, and, and, and again, me and Jay said this when me and Jay were doing videos and audio back two years ago. And we said it then. And I'm sure if Jay was sitting here, he'd stand by it now. I, I say that as if like he died or something. No, he didn't die. Just if, if, if Jay was sitting here next to me, he would agree you know, and stand by what we said two years ago. That that was the that was the nail in the coffin of Le'Veon Jung career. Because you went to a team that had no offensive line where you could flourish and produce. Let's call it what it is. And then he just hopped on the teams to go championship chasing, you know, like LeBron does and KD does and all you know, like and all these other guys. You know, they, you know, they do that. 
you know, the Dalvin Cooks that, that go to Baltimore, and what, what did that get you? Would you, would you see the ball four times and you saw the exit door just as fast as you came in? I mean, I, I mean that's not a knock on the Ravens and Dalvin Cook. I mean, but if you were going to go champion chasing, you, you should have you, you went to the Niners or the Chiefs. You could have sat on the bench, not played at all, and got yourself a fucking ring. But, you know, some people feel that other franchises are, are, are a better fit for them and... You know, that, that's that. But if Le'Veon comes back, I'm I'm with it. I'm with the shits on this one. You know, I'm with it. I don't know about you. Oh, I'm with it too. You know, Le'Veon was a stud in his day. You know, I still got my Le'Veon color rush at home. And he comes back, I'm going to break that motherfucker right out of the fucking closet. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, I, I, got, I still got my salute to service uh, Le'Veon Bell jersey. And I'll still rock it. I, listen, I don't care. But then what's funny is, so I was talking with a buddy of mine, right, Whitey? And we were talking about this. You know, we were messaging each other on Instagram. He's a, he's a fellow Steeler fan. And he said, well, if you're all for Le'Veon coming back, then what about Antonio? And now that leads to an interesting discussion because Antonio has been very different from Le'Veon. Whereas Le'Veon has come full circle in a way where, yeah, I don't, I can't recall him really bashing the organization when he walked out, you know, and he left and went to, and went to New Jersey. Whereas, whereas uh, Brown, on the other hand, was just an utter fucking reality show disaster, like Jerry Springer in real time. You know, like he had he had the personal shit with his baby mama in the Hollywood, Florida PD. You know, and you know, and the whole throwing the gummy dicks at, at the cops and and recording that on Instagram. And we all remember it. You know, even getting a an arena football team kicked out of arena football. <coughs> I mean, who does that? But Antonio Brown managed to do that. But to me, I don't. See, it's different with Le'Veon because I think Le'Veon will accept the role. I don't think Antonio would. I think Antonio would be like, I still got to be the guy. And whether it's Kenny or it's Mason, or if they do, in fact, trade for Justin Fields. Okay? If it's any one of them and Antonio Brown's there, he's going to want the ball over Pickens, over Deontay, over Austin, over Fryermuth, over Darnell Washington, who they don't even friggin' throw the ball to anyway, but regardless, he's going to want the ball over everybody else. And I think that hurts more than helps. So I, I you know, so people could sit there and you could listen to this and say, you know, I'm being contradictory to, to my own opinion because if I'm fine with Le'Veon, why wouldn't I be fine with Antonio? Well, the two situations are different entirely. One was money-based. One was just selfish-based. And I have to be the guy and just airing out things that didn't need to be aired out. And taking shots at guys that you shouldn't have been taking shots at. And putting the blame on guys you shouldn't have been putting the blame on. When all they tried to do was help you. And yeah, Antonio is a Antonio Brown to me goes down as one of the best wide receivers the Steelers ever had. 
in the lineage of wide receivers that they've had. You know, the Stallworths, you know, Heinz Ward, which which to me is still highway robbery that that man is not in in the NFL Hall of Fame. But regardless to that, because uh, there is something that ties in with Heinz Ward, kind of in a way with a certain Bengal player that came out recently and said something. But And actually, Antonio Brown kind of factors into that conversation as well. But maybe not necessarily Ward as much as Brown, but regardless. So the only reason why I wouldn't bring Brown back is because Brown, Brown to me hasn't done that full coming coming in, uh, of the circle where he's finally come to a point where he needs to realize that he's wrong and that he fumbled his own career away kind of in a way where it's like oh man if I ever want another shot it's here and now and I gotta just shut the fuck up and just go out there and play and I think if he had done that people would be welcoming would welcome him back faster than they would Le'Veon and I think if you did that I don't know if Antonio Brown necessarily would come back to say just the Steelers. Because Le'Veon's on record already of saying it, it's only the Steelers. Because I think in Le'Veon's heart of hearts, he's got something to prove. He's got something to prove that he was wrong for leaving. And that he owes the franchise something. And to me, that's a guy you want. That's a guy you give a second chance to. That's a guy you 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 put everything on the line for. Because the biggest risk is the one you didn't take. And the reward in this situation could be bigger than the risk. Or the risk could be bigger than the reward. And I'm fine with either. And if it happens and it doesn't pan out, you won't see me on Twitter saying they should have never done this. I will stand by what I said here and now. So for those who listen to this episode, you, in fact, can bookmark it, write it down, take a picture, buy Felicia, I don't give a fuck, okay? Like, you you can... You can remember this episode. You can remember February 5th, 2024. Because in the world of hypothetical, if Le'Veon comes back and it doesn't work, well, it didn't work. And you can't get mad at it. You can, but don't be somebody that will come out and say, I'm all for this, it doesn't work. And you're like, all of a sudden, you're with a different type of shit. And it's like, oh, no, 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 no. I wasn't with this. And I knew this wouldn't work because, bitch, People keep receipts. We live in a digital age where receipts are kept better than some businesses keep their receipts for tax purposes, okay? I'm just putting that out there. But then, here's another interesting thing before we get into Vontez Perfect, okay? So if Steeler, see, see, see this is the thing, because I got asked this. In the world of hypotheticals, 
if Ray Rice, and this is getting controversial a bit, if Ray Rice wanted to come back and he's on this same thing where it, it can only be the Ravens, it can only be the Ravens, and I'm only this, this age and I still got a lot left in the tank, if you're a Ravens fan, would you welcome him back? Knowing what he did in the past. That's the thing. Yeah, you know, that is kind of controversial, Jim. And, uh, you know, I I, I, I got to say, you know, yeah, I'm not a Raven fan, but I don't see how you bring somebody like that back in. Well, yeah, and we all know what he did in the elevator with his fiance, And, you know, people do change, though. And, and, and that's the thing. But people don't forget. I mean, we saw the backlash when the Ravens made him the legend of the game and the backlash that came with that. And people like, why would they honor this guy? I think it's more they honored what he did on the field, not what he did off the field. And that's where, granted, what he did wasn't right. But that's and people could sit there and say you have to separate the two entities. But you can't because the guy on the field is the same guy who did the act off the field. And, and it's the same thing with Deshaun Watson. You know, people who sit there and say, well, you know, he's a good guy on the field. Yeah, but he's a piece of shit off of it. If I was a Ravens fan, I wouldn't want any part of Ray Rice coming back. And I'd be saying the same thing if Le'Veon was on record for being handsy with a woman. And that's why, and that's kind of why, really, I wouldn't welcome Antonio Brown back either. Because not only, just don't factor in what, what he did in the locker room and his tantrums on the field. But everything off the field, that, that that has an effect as well when people decide, like, hey, should we bring this guy back into the fold or not? Y- you know, that, that that kind of factors in. Just 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 a bit. But we gotta get into Vontez Perfect here. He said he never was a dirty player except for against the Steelers. No fucking shit, you fucking cockbag. Like, like we didn't know that. Like, I need Vontez Burfecht to tell me he's a dirty player. Like, I never watched Vontez Burfecht hit Antonio Brown late in a game. But then we've also seen where Burfecht got put on his ass by a rookie Juju. Just saying, again to this day, I will, I will die on this hill. Heinz Ward taught him that block. That's for damn sure. You know, and, and that's kind of, and that's going back to bringing people back into the fold real quick. Juju's another guy. He was happy in Kansas City. Have you seen him in New England? He looks depressed. If I'm the Steelers, bring him back. That's what that kid needs. That kid needs to be back in Pittsburgh and happy. That's what he needs. In New England, he just looked so... He looked he looked like that kid that never, ever, like, had a chance. He, he looks like a kid that just, like, he was told no his whole life. You know what I mean, Whitey? Yeah, you know, uh, also, too, you, you, you know, you might want to consult a big razor because, uh, you know, he was looking a little shrubbery in the face as well. Well, it, it, well, none of that matters, but it's just, he to, to me, watching the games I got to see of the Patriots when they're in the New York market, he didn't look happy. And I know he's got the knee issue thing, but 
I mean, if I'm Pittsburgh, if Juju were were to request his release after this episode, and it's funny how after I mention something, something of the sorts always seems to happen. But if this were to happen, I'm all for bringing Juju back. I mean, just picture a wide receiver room with Johnson, Pickens, Juju, Calvin Austin. Le'Veon in the backfield with Najee and Jalen Warren. I'm for it. I am for that. But again, it's in a world of hypotheticals and I'm getting excited. I'm getting goosebumps like The Rock, which we'll we'll spend the last few minutes on this. And Whitey, you and me were texting during, during SmackDown. And when Cody came out, you said, this is where the bait and switch happens. And you were right. It happened. And it can't, it comes with a lot of backlash. And it comes with a lot of... Now all of a sudden, you know what's funny? The, the, the people who watch wrestling. We want Cody as a hashtag. You're making that bigger than anything serious to happen. Like you're taking a scripted product... And making it like somebody was on trial for their life. You didn't think when The Rock came out in San Diego and implanted in his own promo, should I sit at the head of the table? Did you not think this was happening? We knew then and there if you're a knowledgeable sports entertainment watcher of either WWE, TNA, AEW, it doesn't matter. If you know how a promo works and you can read into subliminal messaging, he said it that night. I'm coming for Roman Reigns. It's happening on the biggest stage of them all. And people could sit there and say he Hulk hogan his way into this. Let's be honest. Did he? Maybe. But what would you rather if you were if you were a guy who worked for WWE? Ready? And yeah, Cody's busted his ass. Cody also. Let's be honest. His first run in WWE, he came in as a selfish, entitled kid because, well, my father's the great Dusty Rhodes, and I don't have to put in the work, and everything should just be handed to me. And he kind of walked out, and he went on the indie circuit and made Cody who Cody is, right? The Rock, kind of the same. I mean, his dad was in the business, and The Rock kind of had to put in the work for it. But which one would you make more money off of? See, see, this is a match you get once in a lifetime. Right? And I think you put that above anything else. Because that's what WWE does on the biggest stage of them all. They'll give you the what you would have never seen on any other pay-per-view. Nobody ever thought, what, two years ago? 
that Stone Cold Steve Austin would wrestle a match again. And Stone Cold gave Kevin Owens what Kevin Owens wanted. Granted, Stone Cold probably got a hell of a payday for it. And Stone Cold was in no wrestling shape. But Stone Cold went out there, which started as an interview on the Kevin Owens show, and it turned into a 19-minute fucking melee. And Austin held his own. Austin did not... Austin then was not in the... He wasn't... I mean, granted, he was always in top shape when he was in the game, but outside the game, we've seen it kind of dwindle, and now he's kind of garnered it back. But, I mean, that generated... A lot of revenue. Just that one match alone generates a lot of revenue, a lot of YouTube views, a lot of whatever it is. And that's what it's all about. Clickbait and money. Right? They could tell you that they're listening internally to the reactions of Cody versus Roman as opposed to The Rock versus Roman. But let's be... Let's be real about it. You know which one we're getting. We're getting Roman Reigns versus The Rock because that, in the words of Triple H, is what will be best for business. And what's best for business is the most money that could come through that gate. And The Rock brings you that. Just by saying his name alone, before he even walks in, it walks into an arena. WWE has made money hand over fist. Not only that, do you not think the timing of him being brought in as like a director for TKO and Endeavor? Do, 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 like, do you notice that this is all orchestrated to perfect timing to make everything happen? Like, again, it all comes to subliminal messaging. And if you didn't if you didn't see this coming, you're a fool. I understand. Yeah, this looks bad because then why have Cody win the Royal Rumble? Because you get your shot at WrestleMania. Right? Who's to say it still doesn't happen at Mania? I seen one where it's like Hey, you know, Roman signs the contract and then the Rock goes, oh, your match ain't against me. I'm just a special guest referee. So that way then this match ends cleanly. And you, in essence, wind up losing fair and square to Cody Rhodes. I seen that hypothetical out there. I don't think that happens. I think one thing you could see is WrestleMania is two nights. Who's to say Roman doesn't wrestle both nights? You could you could pull that off. You you don't need this match to be for the title. And the reason why the title is involved is so Roman Reigns can surpass Hulk Hogan's title reign because they will do anything they can. Granted, yet yeah, they celebrated forty years of Hulkamania, but did they really do anything big for it other than just some? Fucking vignettes that incorporated the Royal Rumble. <laughs> they didn't do anything major. They didn't have like a, let's celebrate 40 years of Hulkamania on Raw. 
anything that involves Vince McMahon, they're trying to wipe away from. If nobody notices that, you're a fool. Because that's what they're doing. Roman Reigns will surpass Hulk Hogan's reign. And then after that is when you will see the dropping of the title. People think it could happen at Elimination Chamber. I honestly think it happens after WrestleMania. I think it happens at SummerSlam is when you get Cody versus Roman. And I always thought, and see, because me and John Wrestling Fans Insight, which, because uh, he messaged me the other day and he was like, you know, and he he liked a lot of the takes that, you know, that I had on, on certain subjects within wrestling. And... You know, so we were going back and forth, and I and, and and we discussed it a little bit for a few minutes, and I was like, I, I and I told him, I said, I think this was always the plan, even with whether whether CM Punk gets hurt or not. CM Punk was, was CM Punk was always going to go up against Seth Rollins, but see, here's the other thing too that people forget: Cody doesn't necessarily have to end the story with Roman. Everybody wants him to. The fans want him to. See, he could end his story with Seth Rollins because they had the feud coming in when he came back. Even though after that, they've earned each other's respect. You can end the story with Seth. Because don't forget, you got to write Seth off TV because Seth is still hurt. There's no way he's going to WrestleMania winning the title and still defending it with, with a blown out knee and a bad back. There's no way he's doing that. There is no fucking way he's doing that. If you think he's doing that, you're a fool. But then people even question that. Because a buddy of mine who still watches wrestling to this day, he was like, you know, it's so significant that his knee gives out again. Because we all remember when Seth was champion back when they had the authority and his knee blows out trying to powerbomb Keane off the turnbuckle. And it was symbolic then and it is now. For as great as Seth Rollins is, his knee gives out under pressure. Whether it's a freak occurrence or not, it doesn't matter. He will only carry you so long before the pressure gets too big for him. I I, I don't know, Whitey. Am I wrong on that one? No, you know, I absolutely loved your takes on everything. Um, And if it's one thing I could say is um, I think you'd get a banger between Seth and Cody, honestly. Um, and I think that would be the better matchup. The honest, and, well, yeah, and that's the other thing. See, see, the fan base has it in their head, and, and this comes down again to promos and everything else. Cody makes you believe this has to end with Roman. He like they, they like they ram it in your face. They ram it down your throat. This has to end with Roman. It started with Roman. It has to end with Roman. You can capitalize on this with it ending with Seth. In so many ways, you could take this horrible booking job and turn it around like that. And I think they will 
But they're obviously not going to do it on this Monday Night Raw because, of course, they're having Shinsuke versus Cody again in a bull rope match this time. And how many times we need to say, see Shinsuke versus Cody is beyond me. But you're not. But you can turn it around, and everybody wins. The Rock's not going to give up his position. And The Rock's only doing this from the standpoint of that it will make money. The Rock, if you people sit there and say The Rock doesn't know the business, The Rock knows business. Okay? The Rock knows WrestleMania will make triple with him in the main event as opposed to Cody. But because you have these You have these sensitive wrestling fans out there that take everything literally. It's literally a soap opera with violence. Okay? Scripted violence. And you have, we want Cody, justice for Cody, justice for this. You know, I don't know. How about justice for women that get beat up every day? How about justice for women that get raped every day? I mean, how about that? How about that on social media instead of fucking justice for a fucking wrestler who knew this was coming? Like, how about that? How about that? You know what I mean? Like, c- come on. This is scripted and you're getting mad about it. You're getting mad. Like, you're getting almost as mad as when your parents told you that there was, that Santa Claus isn't fucking real. Is that going to be, after this episode, somebody I'll listen to to get offended, hashtag we want St. Nick. Hashtag clause is real. Hashtag Santa rules. Come on. Really? Really? We're getting mad about a storyline. Come on. I'm sure, I'm sure John at Wrestling Fans Insight and his buddy Carlos and their team over there, I'm sure they'll agree that you could turn this around and it'll benefit everybody. And people, you again, you sit there, yeah, this is selfish of the rock. Typical rock. But you know what? How many other WrestleManias have, could he have come in? And I said, nope, nope, I'm going to wrestle Roman in this one. Many. He could have put his movie, his, his, his movie filming to the side to do, all, do that at any WrestleMania. He chose not to. I think they just think this is the best time to do it because they've missed the boat on so many dream matches. And at WrestleMania, again, is where you get them. The biggest stage of all. Doesn't matter what wrestling company it is. Nothing beats WrestleMania. And it hasn't for 40 years. Not all out in London for for AEW. Not whatever the hell TNA's big pay-per-view is of the year. Those two combined do not beat any WrestleMania ever. Ever. So to the sensitive wrestling fans out there that don't like this take, change your tampon. 
Because it's not changing. You're getting Rock versus Roman. That's it. Live with it. Hashtag get with reality, bitch. How about that for a hashtag? But with that being said, uh, I'd like to thank everybody who will tune into this special edition Monday episode of Fan in the Van. Uh, Wednesday or Thursday, depending on what time the Sintas guy shows up Wednesday. Maybe I'll do one Wednesday morning, if not Thursday. We'll get into, obviously, the Super Bowl um, a lot more as this is Super Bowl week. Um, we'll get into that. Friday will be another edition of Cigar and Sports. Um, we will be joined live with Brent from 1420 Sports. Uh, hopefully Dave makes an appearance as well. Uh, I also will be, usually I do it from my house, but because Saturday I got to work. Friday I will be recording from a different location. Um, I will not let it be known now what it is. Uh, next episode, I will let it be known because on Instagram, I did put a little teaser out there for it. Uh, so I'm not going to spoil it now. Uh, but with that being said, I like to thank everybody who follows retweets. Obviously my guys, Brent and David, 1420 sports, make sure you, you subscribe to their YouTube channel. Uh, they always put out phenomenal content. Uh, check out Garrett and Jalen at Two Dudes with Sports News, as well as Garrett with Is This a Bad Take? Uh, we did not do Steel and Teal this week, but we should be back Saturday. Uh, little scheduling snafu, I guess you can call it. Um, it happens. It is what it is. Um, also, check out my man E-Man at Average Joe Sports, as well as Unscripted Podcast um, with himself and Cricket. Also, make sure you check out myself and E-Man with Cigar and Sports. Definitely, definitely, definitely check out John Wrestling Fans Insight. Um, I'm sure somewhere in the future, maybe there'll be a, a, a collaboration of sorts, maybe. Who knows? Um, if we can make it work, we'll make it work. Uh, definitely go check him out and, 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 and his crew over there. They always put out phenomenal content. Um Check out Aaron at the Brutally Honest Sports Podcast. Definitely check out my guys at BSing Sports Podcast as well as the IAP Sports Podcast as well. Uh, they always put out phenomenal content. Check out the We Like Sports Show Sports Podcast as well, the Darian Hopkins Sports Show Podcast. If you're in the sports betting, definitely, definitely check out Nate's Daily Wagers. If you're going to Vegas and you want to know where to go, whatever's going on in Vegas, Check out Visit Vegas Places with Coil. Uh, people have asked me, how do you get a shout-out on the show? Uh, just retweet what I put out. Listen. Interact. I'll do the same with you. And you'll get a shout-out. Simple as that. But with that being said, I'd like to thank everybody who, you know, again, even non-podcasters, my buddy Brandon, uh, for always supporting as well. Uh, with that being said... I got to take off now. So enjoy this episode. I'll be back either Wednesday or Thursday. Stay safe. And as always, peace.